What is up, everybody? You are listening to Curious with Jake Heilbrunn, and I am your host. This show is all about sitting down with people I find curious and having real, raw conversations to understand what goes on in their mind. How do these people think? What struggles are they facing and how do they overcome obstacles? And most importantly, we're going to keep it real. My favorite conversations are the ones where we talk about the shadow as well as the light. I want to know about these people's fears and insecurities and doubts just as much as I want to hear about their successes and wins, because this is what I believe empowers us to recognize that we're all humans doing the best we can and that understanding these things allows us to feel acceptance about where we are right now and we can have some tools and takeaways from these people to improve our lives. Today's guest is Joshua Dean Church. Josh is a certified success coach, TEDx speaker, and director of operations at Shit You Don't Learn in College. Josh has trekked mountains in negative temperatures in Iceland while in just board shorts and shoes, using the power of breath to maintain his body temperature. He has summited Mount Kilimanjaro, the highest mountain in Africa, completed a 200-hour yoga teacher training, done over half a million dollars in sales over the phone, and is about to complete his first Ironman triathlon, all at the age of 25. Josh is a good friend and someone who inspires me to play a bigger game. The thing I find most fascinating about Josh is how he constantly pushes his limits physically, mentally, and spiritually, which we're going to dive into today. In this episode, we talk about how to relax into pain when challenging yourself, tuning into your inner voice and body to know when to keep pushing for something and when to stop, balancing the masculine and feminine, and the power of coaching to see your blind spots and how to get yourself motivated to not just start, but actually finish big goals and dreams. So without further ado, let's dive into today's episode with Josh Church. So I wasn't going to talk about Wim Hof until later, but I'm going to be doing this experience that you did. Yeah. Um, what... First, like, how did you find this experience and what called you to it? Yeah, interesting. So, yeah, it was um, about six months ago, probably more now. Yeah, just six months ago, I went out to Iceland to do a Wim Hof expedition with my uh, my one of my best friends, Sage. And um, I had been introduced to Wim Hof Method just kind of through the sphere. I started, I listened to pod, I, really it was I listened to one of his podcasts um, I think on the Rich Roll podcast, and I was like, this dude knows. His vibrancy, his energy, and his voice, his vitality, he was very authentic, and it was just like, some, this dude is doing something, and he's what he's talking about makes a lot of sense to me, and I want to learn more about this. So I scoured the internet, I watched all these videos, read all these articles, did this little intro course online, all these things, and I was like, this is really, this makes a lot of sense to me. I want to learn more. I think I want to do a, a retreat or something. I was originally looking just to go to do one of the, you know, maybe one day workshops in a city or something like that. But most of them were in Europe. There wasn't a lot in the U.S. coming up. So online, though, I did see there was an Iceland expedition, like a like a eight day intensive Iceland trip. And I kind of laughed when I saw it. I was like, oh, that'd be sweet. And didn't really think about it. But I was like, you know what? I've always wanted to go to Iceland. Like on my, on my bucket list, one of, the, one of the experiences that was really, really high up for me was see the Northern Lights. So I really wanted to see the Northern Lights. And I, I thought, okay, this is the time of year where the Northern Lights are out in Iceland. And I was reading into the details of the thing and said, yeah, you're under the Northern Lights. So I was like, that's a great, that's a, what a great opportunity to do that. So I'll never forget. I just, I actually, I just, I just pulled trig. 
Yeah. I, I was it was it was scary. It was an expensive uh, expensive drop on the credit card, but I just thought you know what this feels right, and I just feel like I, it was it was far enough ahead to where it was just like there's nothing on the calendar. I was like you know what let's do it. So uh, I'm just curious for your answers. When you did you like what came up for you when you went to pay it? Because yeah. I had a very similar experience. Yeah. yeah. So the thing that came up, I, I'll never forget. I was uh, it was around holiday time, so this was probably three months before um, before the before the trip. And, um, and I came, I, I was, I was home in San Diego and my, my, my family, my home that I grew up in and, and I pressed submit and I was like, oh my God, I stood up and I went into the kitchen. I was like, mom, I'm not sure what I just did, but I'm going to Iceland. And she was like, what, what are you talking about? And I was just like, yeah. And then I, and through kind of just talking it out, I, I kind of calmed myself down. Uh, but it's funny because I was able to talk myself through it. Mm-hmm. And I have experience in, you know, in, in past in my career doing high ticket phone sales. So selling high ticket packages from anywhere from, you know, five to fifth to 20 K on the phone where you're talking people through this. And so we kind of have a joke. Anybody that does, and you, you from yeah. this too, anybody that does high ticket sales knows that it's the easiest thing to sell someone who does sale, phone sales into, <laughs> into a high ticket sale Yeah, because uh, they walk themselves through the process. So I was like, Noticing the fear that was coming up. And I'm like, all right, this is definitely frightening, but I'm going to make this decision from a place of purpose and not from fear. I'm going to do this because I feel very called to doing this and I have a feeling that I'm supposed to be here and worry about the rest later. Like I can do this. Okay. So making a decision from a place of purpose or fear. Correct. I'm very interested in that. Yeah. So let's say someone's like, how do you get, what's that distinction of like purpose and fear or, because I, I'm thinking for me, like I want stuff sometimes and I'm trying to decipher where is this desire coming from? Yeah. What's your process for doing that? Great question. Honestly, I learned a lot of that when I was in Iceland Yeah. and a big focus when we were doing cold exposures, we were doing, you know, hikes out and climbing mountains out in the, in the, in the Icelandic tundra and nothing but shorts and negative degrees with wh- whipping wind chill of 30 miles an hour. And you're, you have to be really present and you have to be in your body in that moment. You can't be caught up in your head thinking about where you're going to, what's going to be for dinner, where you're going to go. You got to be so present or else your body will freak out. You can get hypothermia as a risk. You can, you can actually, you know, frostbite, you can, you can develop some really dangerous things. But when you are focused on every breath and you are so present in your body, not in your head, you're not thinking about anything, you can start to listen to these kind of subtle cues. So the reason why it's difficult to differentiate is because they're both unconscious. It's like they're both they're both unconscious. They're both out of our realm of conscious perception. And but one is fear and one is purpose. One is our subconscious, which is like below the surface. It's the subconscious mind that's trying to keep us alive. That that you know that jumps when when someone opens the door really loudly or calls our name really loudly. That that freaks out. That's our it's our it's our reptilian mind that's trying to keep us alive. It's important. But then we have our super conscious mind, which is, which is that, that voice of purpose. It's that voice of, it's that, that feeling, that feeling pulled towards something or that calling towards something or that trust in something greater than yourself. And so it's a really fine line because it's all out of our conscious yeah. perception, right? But the more that you can get out of your head thinking, a lot of times we overthink and we just complicate it trying to use our mind. We're just like with this, but this, this. and literally take a deep breath, yeah. take six deep breaths. And listen to your body. Ask yourself, where is this coming from? What do I really need to do? And that's something that I that I learned. I was able to really learn and practice over the you know eight days in Iceland. And it's a muscle that starts to build. And the more that you use it, the more you listen to it, the stronger it gets. And the more easily you're able to differentiate between those voices. So 
I use it all the time. I just, yeah, all the time. And so you're so I'm I'm fascinated by this because I've been cold plunging a bunch, mm-hmm. and I find. I love it because it's like you said, there's nothing else you can focus on because you're so cold. And yep. that's why I think it's just a vehicle to use your breath, which there's some sort of relationship with breath, higher self, sense of calm, clarity, way to see things. What was the integration period like? So you do these eight days, you're trekking negative 20 in board shorts, <laughs> no shirt, like you're doing all these things, sitting in frozen rivers. What? How did you distill that decision-making and getting into your you know, center to make decisions for purpose when you're not in the cold? Like what's that, what was that integration like? Yeah. Uh, the integration is by far the most challenging piece of all of this. It's easy to learn. It's easy to go out and, you know, life was easy for eight days. You know, we're waking up, we're doing yoga in the morning, we're doing breath work and meditation. Then we're taking a break. We're doing, you know, we're doing some sort of activity. We're doing cold plunge. It's a great life. But it's not reality. It's not. It's not what we deal with on a day to day. When we're we're out working, we're 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 building relationships. We're striving towards things. We're we're living in the twenty first century when our when our phones are buzzing off nonstop and we've got you know we've got traffic. <laughs> so yeah. how do we integrate that? Is it's it's a phenomenal question and it's a question that honestly like I'm devoting my life to to exploring and seeking is like how can we take all of these this value that's been that's been derived and been lived and tried and true from history, from, from humanity, as humanity has developed all of these ancient wisdom practices and techniques and things that we're now learning new in science. But how do we take all this and how do we ground it down and make it real? Like how can me as an everyday person waking up to my alarm, getting, getting up, getting moving, doing a workout, like doing work during the day, unplugging and making dinner, how can I learn from this and, be- and, and better myself from this? Because knowledge is not power. When you know it, it's potential to be power. But when you actualize it and you put it into action and you take that knowledge, you know, a tool sitting on the shelf is does no good unless you use it. Mm-hmm. So that's a, it's a great question. And there's no there's no like answer. I can just say like this yeah. is the answer. If I did that, then my life would be complete. Yeah, yeah. So but but with specific regards to that, the the breathing is everything. Like just literally take a deep breath. And ask yourself, I, I'll give you a case in point, just this past weekend, uh, I'm training for an Ironman triathlon right now. So there's a lot of training going on. And um, on the weekends, when I do these long rides, long runs, long swims. And so I was doing a long, um, on Sunday, working. What's work- long? Like, I'd love to just. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Saturday was a 13 mile run, so half marathon. And then Sunday was a one mile ocean swim, followed immediately by an 80 mile bike ride. So it's taking the better part of the day, right? But I, during the bike ride, I never found, I never was able to like really settle in. I didn't, for whatever reason, I wasn't able to kind of get into the flow state, into the, into the groove I usually do. My hip was tweaking out a little bit. I was feeling just, I didn't have that same juice that I normally do. And so I was getting to this point where, um, the course we were doing on the PCH on, on the highway was, um, was kind of like an out and back loop twice and then up into some hill climbings to get to the 80 miles. And, um, we were coming back at like mile 40. Uh, I was just like, you know what? I don't know if I like, I think I might be done right now. Like, but then in my mind, I started thinking like, no, you can go further. Like, come on, like, don't, you know, you know, don't be a pussy essentially is what came up in my mind. It's like, you, you can do this, like dig deep. It's supposed to hurt. It's training. 
And then in my mind, be like, no, but like, you should probably quit while you're ahead. If you're feeling this now, you don't want to get hurt. And so for a couple minutes, I'm having this inner dialogue in my head of like, should I stop now? Or should I keep going and push through? Like, I know I'll be happy if I push through, but you know, I should probably listen to myself. Like you know, caught up in that, like yeah. where's right. One's fear, one's purpose, but like, what's what? Like, I don't know. Yeah. And so like, as I'm on the bike, I'm just like, obviously I didn't close my eyes cause that'd be very dangerous, yeah. but I just kind of slowed my breath down. I was just like. I'm not, I'm going to get out of my head now. I'm going to drop into my body. What's my body telling me? I even pulled over for a second. I pulled over. I got off my bike and I just like sat. I just like stood there, took some deep breaths. And then literally like in an instant, it's just like, I'm done. I, and I said, it, I said the words out loud. Wow. Is when I knew it was just like, I'm done. And once I said that, I was like, okay, cool. That's all I need to hear. And even once I said that, my mind started trying to like convince me otherwise. Oh no, but you're really done. Then I was like, and from that point on, nope, I'm done. I'm done now. So I wrapped it up there. So it's it's really um, feeling it in your body almost. Like feeling, almost visualizing like if I keep going, like how does that feel? How does that sit with me? Okay. If I stop, how does that sit with me? And it's just these subtle cues that you start to like, you can pick up on. And and again, it's a muscle though. The more you can, the more you can use that, the stronger it gets and the more that you're able to rely on it. Yeah, it's funny you said that because that reminded me. Uh, Josh has this epic reflection on his experience from Iceland. What's it called? It's called Why I'm Still High from Iceland. Correct. We'll make sure to link that in the show notes. Sure, yeah. I, that's the best uh, read I've, I've read all year. That's on, amazing, on, man. Like I, me- I remember posting it. But you you had a very similar thing in that post where you talked about everyone was jumping off this like cliff. Yep. And you had torn – wait, can you just say for a second? You tore your MCL Correct. and partial ACL – like six weeks before this trip. Yeah, I tore my MCL. Um, it was less. It was it was less than five weeks before that this trip. That is insane that yeah. you even went on the trip. First of all, yeah. Um, but here so we can unpack that as well. Yeah, but yeah. my question is, you you, you talked about this moment, and it, it makes sense because you've done this was towards the latter half of it, and you were explaining like you'd learned so much about yourself in the sure. seven days, but you made the decision not to jump because mm-hmm. you you had that understanding of. This is not smart. Mm-hmm. And I, this is something like I struggle with. I'm like, when am I being a bitch? Yeah. And when should I stop before I hurt myself? Yeah. Yeah. And so, and, and it's, it's like I struggle mm-hmm. with this because I'll read like David Goggins and I'm like, I'm being a right, bitch. Right. And like, I think there's a lot of juice and you know this too. Like you're doing a, an Ironman. Like yeah. you don't just do an Ironman unless you tap into that inner savage you that's like, to. you know, pushing past. Mm-hmm. But especially in the training part, I think is where that's where the understanding of when to push and when to stop yeah. is probably most important. I mean, what's for sure. And it's a, it's a fine, it's a, it's a, it's a difficult thing to understand. The question that I always come back to in that stance is where are you doing this from? Where is this coming from? Because yes, you can have that David Goggins mentality of just like, just push through it, persevere. Like, don't be a bitch. Like, keep going, keep going. But that's only going to get you so far. That's really coming from a place of lack. Like the way I think about it is we can, we can approach things. It's like fear of purpose, lack or abundance. Are you doing something because you're, you're doing it from a place of lack because you don't have something that you want, or are you doing something because you're content with what you have and you just in that state of contentment, you want to continue to express yourself and do more things. So for example, like that, that David Goggins approach, and I love David Goggins too, don't get me wrong, Yeah. but it's not sustainable if that's only what you're basing yourself off of. There needs to be a deeper why behind it. Yeah. Like what? what's the reason that you're doing this in the first place? Why are you doing this in the first place? What's your overall goal in the first place? Mm-hmm. Because 
because that will also influence whether you make that decision or not. For example, if I was competing in this Ironman to like compete for a time and I wanted to get in, you know, under 10 hours and I wanted to, you know, place in the top 20 for my age division, I probably would have kept going. But I probably I would have been in a different mindset about it too in the first place. But yeah. for me, for this first Ironman, I want to finish. Like yeah. I want to cross that finish line and not have my body hate me. I want to feel good about the race day, enjoy the day, cross the finish line, not have to not have any injuries come up and just really feel confident about that. And so when I come back to the why, it's like it's remembering like why am I doing this in the first place? And that can inform a lot more than you think when you put it in that context. It's like bring it back. Like wh- where is this coming from? And why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It totally does. I think what I started thinking about when you asked that is like, do you think it's important to, if you feel the pull to do something, mm-hmm. do you think you need to know why you're doing it at first? Mm. Can you give me an example? Hmm. I mean, I'm just even thinking like with this podcast yeah, or like I'm getting, so I used to do tons of content writing with building the idea yeah. collective. I've kind of stopped and now I'm getting back into it. Uh-huh. And I'm asking myself, I'm like, why am I doing this? Yeah. But I just feel the, you know, I felt this itch and then things. And I like, I kind of went for it, but like, it didn't seem right. And then when I got like this clear message after a ceremony, it was yeah. just like, do it. My friend reaches out three days later. He's like, he's like, uh, I have this podcasting back in business. I'm mm-hmm. like, what just happened? But I didn't, I still, and I'm still like, I'm still not, like I understand yeah. why, but I think there's deeper layers of sure. the why. And I, why I'm asking is because I've had things in my life. I remember when I was writing my book, I remember reading in a coffee shop in the book, Talk Like Ted. He talks about like what makes your heart sing. Um, and it wasn't that, but it, I basically made this click of the, the reason I wrote my book. And I dedicated mm. my book to my dad and there's a whole emotional layer beneath that. But I didn't. It was like I was going, but then when I, I remember that clicking, I was in Swell Cafe. Like I remember exactly where I was. And then from that moment, like things, I was still driven before, but it seems like things shifted after. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm like, is there a process to like discover the why earlier? <laughs> and if like, when is the time to and not? I know this isn't the most straightforward question. No, but. I get it. I get totally get what you're saying. And I would say is take action first. Take action but you need very quickly you need to understand the why because the issue is when the going gets tough and you don't have the why, like the mm-hmm. the why and you don't have the why it's going to be really easy to stop yeah, it's that's easy it. to like ride that initial wave of i want to do a podcast this person reaches out great awesome take that next step and then something else happens inflow great take that next step but what happens after that and there's that not that next immediate step and you're like uh, okay, well, I'll just wait till the time's right or wait till the next step until it's in flow better, which a lot of people do. It doesn't feel right. It's not in flow yet. No. Remember, that's the time when you got to be like, oh, yeah, but people need to hear these messages. So I'm going to go make that next step happen. It's a dance between the masculine and the feminine energy. It's a dance between like riding the flow and the wave of just like taking the action and following the signs versus like getting out there and going and making the shit happen. Yeah. And like and, and walking down the street so you can see the next sign. Dude, I love that. That made me feel super psyched because I think again, you have they have to know yourself into because some people like they if they don't have that why, maybe they'll struggle. I know for me, if I'm feeling the that heightened state from a place of purpose to take action and I don't know the why, I benefit from doing it. But I think at some point you need to have that why because when the going gets tough, then you'll quit. And that's why I I've always been someone who 
I shouldn't say always, but in the last two to three years, especially, I really benefit from having coaches. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm talking to someone who has helped build and run a coaching company. <laughs> and has many um, coaches myself, which we should dig into. <laughs> because I think what's so fascinating about coaches is, you ever hear the quote, you don't know what you don't know? Mm-hmm. Does that not blow your mind? Mm-hmm. Like when I really think about that, and I'm like going on this path. And for context, I was opening up to you before we started this interview about Taylor and I mm-hmm. had a conversation with a business mentor who's many steps ahead of us. And he just like rattled the call. Yeah. And it brought up a lot of things for me because I'm like, what's my place in the business? I'm I'm, I'm kind of like voicing my what's going on in my head without an, an answer. So I'm like, I've been talking with Taylor and just voicing to a coach I have. This is what I'm experiencing, but I don't know what the answer is yet. I don't know. Is that like mm, making sense? Yeah. It's like, I'm just talking it out because I feel the need to talk For it sure. out. For sure. And then, but hearing his feedback, it just made me think much more deeper about why I'm doing everything and why I want to do things with the Idea Collective. You've enrolled, I don't know, probably like over half a million in sales. Yeah. Well over. Yeah. Tons and tons of people helping guide them through their fears. What's the biggest benefit that you see coaching people through, like of having someone to help them make a decision? Like what's the, mm-hmm. what's the biggest benefit you've seen after doing however many hundred sales calls? Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing is it's like people just, people need to be told what they already know. They need to be like reaffirmed what they already deep down know. They just need that. Like they need that reminder that, you know, I've worked with a lot of different coaches. I've, I've been a part of a lot of different coaching programs. I've been coached by a lot of different coaches. The thing that I see the best coaches do is they kick your ass. Yeah. And they te- they make you uncomfortable and they tell you the things that you think you don't, you don't want to hear in the moment. But those are the things that you really do deep down want to hear. Mm-hmm. So I think the biggest thing is like it's that it's that brutal honesty and it's that commitment to your it's it's being committed to their 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 passion and their purpose and committed to their potential more than they're committed to their bullshit and excuses and fears and Mm. when you as a coach can hold yourself at that level and hold that space for that person and show up at that level where you're going to hold them to that standard which they're capable of being at even especially when they don't even see it in themselves that's Mm -hmm. when real transformation happens Jeez, yeah and and yeah, I mean, I I am the biggest fan of coach, especially for for people our age, like young young people, like working with coaches. It changes the game. I have five different coaches that I work with. Yeah, I work with five like five different people that I pay on a on a monthly basis. Well, one of them is my boss and employer. That yeah, we, we yeah, coach yeah. that out that way. But five different coaches consistently that I have regular sessions with, set up time on the calendar five different coaches every single every single month so it's like literally once five out of seven days a week i'm i'm growing and developing at some level and i'm creating the opportunity the environment that's continuously pulling me forward did you grow up with like like what what made you know it seems like you've known i don't know how long like what made you understand the value of having a coach oh man you know honestly i'll tell you what it was i think um, high school, high school football, had a coach, shout out to coach Hutzler, local, uh, North County legend. He's over definitely here. listening. Yeah, he definitely is. Shout out coach Hutzler. Um, but 
uh, you know, when you're, you're in high school, you're playing football, you're playing sports, whatever. It's like coaches can have, have a big impact and influence on you. And, and Coach Elsor, he was a great coach during the time. Like he was a great coach, told, taught us a lot of stuff. But it wasn't until after I graduated, went off to college and came back, I would catch up with him. Or even when I was at college, I would start to think about some of the stuff that he that he was t- teaching us and telling us. And I'd be like, wow, there was actually he was actually right on a lot of that stuff. Like, oh, shit, it's finally making sense now. And so I think it was honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, it's probably, um, you know, it was probably reconnecting with my high school football coach and being able to say like, Hey, the stuff you were telling us like was right. He's like, thank you. Like no shit, of course. Uh, but, but it was, it was kind of just seeing that play out over time of like, you know, how in that moment we were, we were being taught one thing or told one thing that we couldn't really fully see, but then seeing how that really showed up as a truth later mm-hmm. that I was like, oh, okay, there's value there. Like, of course there's value there in having a coach. And then I started to think, well, the top performers in any field, mm-hmm. if you're, if you're, you know, LeBron James, if you're a politician, if you're a speaker, I don't care who you are you have a coach mm-hmm. and with professional athletes, you have many coaches. So like if you have coaches for the game of basketball, the game of football, why wouldn't you want coaches for the game of life? And it just really made sense to me in a way where I was like, I want, I want to stack the odds in my favor and make sure that I have people on a team, a support staff that's coming to me and that's pointing out potential blind spots. That's that, that knows my intention and that knows my capability and is holding me to that standard so that I can push myself further and subsequently my peop- my friends and people around me. Mm-hmm. So it was <clears throat> it's really just that about creating that environment there. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And would you say there's any like specific goals or things that you've set with your coaches recently that's like one of those things where this scares the shit out of me and I'm going to go for it anyways that they helped you kind of pull it out of yourself within oh, yeah. from yourself. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All self-worth stuff really with my mindset coach, Giorgio. Most recently he's incredible. I want to make sure we attach an yep. Instagram link we'll or something to it. Yeah. Cause I mean, he, he, the work, the work I've been doing with him is, is insanely powerful and some amazing shifts have happened and just recognizing the, the worth and value that I'm able to bring to every. So what does that look like? Like when you, like you just like yeah. lit up when you said that and I'm just yeah. like, okay, like, What's happening? This yeah. like, what's like one of the takeaways that you've? Oh, dude, we could be here for hours, yeah. hours talking about that. Um, I think it's um overall, it's it's recognizing a, a lot of times we doubt our value, we question our value. I think it's like the universal this. limiting belief. I'm dude, not worth it. I'm not literally I'm not good like. Enough. I feel like I'm yeah. on such a high right now in life. Yeah. Like I feel like I'm in a really good spot. And it's still, I get these dips, man. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm like, I, maybe that's just part of this whole human experience that I feel good. I'm like, and then that doubt creeps in. So I, and, and here's, here's and I feel one like I'm the, doing the work to like stay yes. highs and I'm still having it. So here's one of the things that I learned from him too, is that that's a big issue is when you feel like you're supposed to be at this high all the time, mm-hmm. then something bad happens and you're like, oh my God, what's wrong with me? Nothing's wrong with you. Yeah. It's like nothing's wrong with you at all. This this is feedback. That's something your body's trying to tell you. The universe, the world, God, whatever is trying to trying to tell you. Like, how can you take this as feedback? But if you have this intention of being high all the time, then there's also lows there inherently too. So what he talks about is like truth and unconditional love is the is the center point. 
between there's 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 opposites to everything there's the masculine there's the feminine there's you know there's an to every emotion there's an opposite there's highs there's lows and anytime you're you cannot experience that high without at the same time experiencing on the other side that low and when you can see and recognize both of them as as they are then all of a sudden it balances the scale and you can see it for what it really is from a much more grounded centered state so I, I actually, it was a big shift for me too. Cause I talk a lot about like, yeah, like I love this high chasing this high, yeah. but what are you setting yourself up for failure What's or after this, that high? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or the low really it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's insinuating that this high must come to an end. That this is a, this is a temporary high and, and this is heightened. Then there's a crash that has to come with that versus like recognizing that, that high, right. Recognizing for what it is, but balancing it out with, with everything else that's happening. Mm-hmm. And humbling grounding yourself with everything else it's like really humbling yourself yeah and then on the same note too when you're experiencing something that might feel bad or painful nothing's wrong with you in this positive thinking age like people we all think like oh something's wrong with me like that is the source of the greatest depression i swear dude that is what you're saying rings so much true yeah because i and thank you because i needed that <laughs> reminder i was like oh yeah it's not always supposed to be like this exactly. all the time but exactly. it's like i've conditioned or if i'm always on instagram or whatever mm-hmm. you're you're gonna be thinking why am i not feeling like this all the right, time right right and then you're setting yourself up for fit like there's no yeah, way to win that game exactly because i mean we've got a highlight reels social media you know it's yeah. it's 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 a, literally it's quite literally a highlight reel yeah and when we have a perception that it's you know this is the way it really is all the time it's yeah. just it's not it's not the truth so you're a conscious high performing dude how do you, you do you have like <laughs> boundaries for instagram or what's your instagram protocol? interesting or, or like i don't know what yeah. you're your uh, social your media pick or what? A poison yeah is, instagram for yeah. sure uh, facebook i use for client interaction yeah and more stuff business like that. yeah more too. business stuff which is pretty funny um but yeah i use instagram um i don't really have a hard time with it honestly um there i'll tell you what though there are certain people that i don't follow because i notice that when i follow them i'm constantly comparing myself i have the same exact i'm wondering thing, like why do I not have this arbitrary amount of followers yet? Like, why why am I not at this place yet? Like, I'm, I'm, I know I can be, but I'm not there yet, but he is. And I have really bad relationships. So I'm just like, well, I'm just going to like, I'm just going to like get rid of that. And yeah. now I feel much better. But um, yeah, the boundaries there are, um, you know, I, I believe it's a tool and you can use it as a tool. And, and I believe it's a tool to share a lot of these things that we're talking about with people that, um, they really do want to hear them and, um, and then getting out of my own way and getting out of my own head to share it, just like you're doing now. You're like, I'm going to do this podcast and I'm going to share this with people cause it's going to bring them value and I don't care anything else. Yeah. It's like being, being really determined to share that value with people. And, and that's really the way that I, that I'm increasingly finding myself using Instagram using more. It. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what you said something there, which I think is like such a gem and it kind of ties back to almost the theme of this whole conversation, which is like listening to your body. Mm. You're like, if I'm following them and I feel that, eh unfollow yeah it's yeah. so simple but it's like uh i think the mind plays games like oh like this the whole unfollow thing i find mm-hmm. fascinating it's like but are they gonna think something right. of me and even because even if they they don't have thousand followers sure but they make you not feel good or you're like i just mute don't want to see you them can just literally okay, yeah, mute them. dude i didn't know you could do mute until recently game changer there you go because it's some people you want to be connected with sure yeah and you so i think it's like that reminder if we can shape these tools like you said exactly. however we want yeah but it's tuning into that self it how, is does this make me feel high low right. like positive negative right like, and exactly. then tapping into that yeah it's just it's it, it's a level of awareness that grows with practice it grows with 
just like, yeah, how do you feel? Ask yourself. How often do we check in and ask ourselves, how am I feeling right now? Yeah. When, whenever we're, you know, out and about or someone asks us how we feel, what's their default? Good. Mm-hmm. How you doing? Good. Great. That's yeah. awesome. It's a nice surface level. No, nobody's good. Great. Yeah. Like, how are you? Like, really, how are you? Yeah. We avoid asking, answering that question truly. And we avoid asking ourselves that question truly. Yeah. That's why I know a lot of people love. And like for me personally, journaling is my reflection time for that. Meditation for some people too. Other forms of, you know, surfing for whatever it is. But having that quiet space and that reflection time to really process and ask yourself, like, how am I feeling right now? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. And why am I feeling this? And just like giving yourself the space to realize, wow, I'm feeling, I'm feeling, uh, I'm feeling impatient right now. I'm feeling like I'm not as far as I want to be. And because I keep seeing these things on Instagram from this one kid that keeps posting that I keep comparing myself to. And um, yeah, so that's a breakthrough. So let me do something about it now. But but taking that first step of just creating that space for you to really allow yourself to feel those things is something that we don't really do enough of i feel like yeah and do you have like a a time each day is this like a daily practice where you're like from 7 a.m or does it kind of like it ebbs and flows you know i used to be so strict on the routine and the structure i used to be very very and i i'm i, I think compared to most people yeah, they compared would to say most people you're it's still, still very very much is. but i i used to be like very very structured and very set up of like you know this time and i realized like that's that's not really the way life works a lot of the time like ebb and flow sure you know i can say that i'm gonna be you know asleep by 10 p.m every night and up at 5 a.m exactly no no snoozing the alarm right into my you know two hour meditation routine self-awareness routine it's great but then what happens when life takes me out to a celebration for a friend's birthday party on a wednesday night like and then i don't live up to that standard on thursday and i beat myself up that's not fun so, so I'm, 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 I'm working on it, but I'm finding this kind of balance of this ebb and flow of like, of, of, of just, of having that structure there, mm-hmm. but, but really, really utilizing it for what you need and when, if that makes sense. Yeah. It makes total sense. Cause I think, and it's cool to see you like starting to flow with it yeah. more. Cause I would say of everyone I know, you're one of the most like structured, disciplined people, sure. which is why you've gotten to be who you are. Yeah. And I, and maybe I'm just totally projecting because I'm similar in terms of the discipline, but I've found like internal happiness more so from letting things flow more. Yeah. You know, because exactly. I think for me having the guide, like there's so many different philosophies, right? On how to live your life. Right. I think it's just about picking the one that makes you the happiest. And I most think it's about build. creating the Cre- one. Picking and creating. Exactly. Amen. And I know for me, if I don't feel like I have the personality where I could just totally go with the flow of things. But if I'm so rigid too, then I'm like, there's no space for like the fun. So it's like having the rough structure and foundations, mm-hmm. but then creating the space or like, you know what, tomorrow night's this party. I'm going to go to it. And then I'm not going to wake up at six. Like I, exactly. That's exactly. definitely been something I've been, I'm that's it, man. Cause that's where life goes, you know? Great. Yeah. So dude, you hiked Mount Kilimanjaro recently. Yep. You're doing an Ironman. <laughs> Yep. Which I want to dive into. Sure. You do a lot of pretty intense things. You did this Iceland trip. Yeah. What, what's the core, like what drives this? Yeah, man. It's, uh, it's, that's my life. That's, that's, that's who I am. For me, I, I like to, I love to explore. I have this genuine curiosity about the way the world works around 
the way that people live their lives, the way people find fulfillment, happiness, meaning, and, uh, and just us as a human species and how we've evolved and how we continuously evolve. And so for me, I love, you know, when I, when I look back at my life, even up at this point, 25 years old, being able to look back at all of the different experiences and people and places, like it, it brings me the verge of tears of just like how absolutely grateful I am to have been able to experience so much vibrant life in, in my short time here. Um, and when I extrapolate that over the course of however long I'm here for, I want to be able to look back at the end when all said and done and just see that I like really grabbed life by the freaking horns. Like that I grabbed it by the reins and I just like rode that thing, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I soaked up, I, you know, I, I sucked, I, I soaked up every single thing that I could. I learned all that I could. I enjoyed all that I could. I danced all that I could. I, I hugged as much as I could, made love as much as I could, like hugged people close to me and just shared those, those overjoying moments as much as possible. And just those life moments, because you don't have those overjoying moments without the moments where you're, you know, you're, you're crying and you're sad and you feel lonely. Like all of those things, those experiences, like that to me is like, that's the meat on the bone of life. Like, mm -hmm. and I don't want to just, we don't know how we're here, why we're here, yeah. right? We're, we don't know how long we're here for, but all I know is that we're here right now. And as long as I'm here, I want to play as much as possible and look at this crazy freaking world and rock that we're spinning on and these brothers and sisters and these people that we have all over the world that we're connected to, that we're the same species, like you're the same species, no matter where you're out in the world, like human, yo, we're human <laughs> together. You and I, we're both human. We're doing this thing. Like I want to just dive in as deep as possible. So to me, there's like that first level of it where it's just like, I feel like a kid in this, in this, like in this candy shop and everything's just like, wow, like, like this color looks great. This looks awesome. Like, let me try some of that. So there's that part of it. And as that kind of led me into some of these different experiences, I also realized that through those experiences, I'm able to learn a lot. And through learning a lot, I'm able to apply a lot of the learning because like we talked about the learning is only integration. Integ I'm able to integrate it. And I, and I think that I've got a unique situation and ability to integrate some of these things that I learn and be like, okay, sure. I want to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Great. I'm training for an Ironman. Like how do I take this and how do I make it practical? How do I make it meaningful and practical for the everyday person? Like we were, like we were mentioning earlier. And, and to me, that brings me so much purpose in doing these experiences and these, and these expeditions, if you will, to be able to go get some learning. I call yeah. it, what I call it is a student teacher method. Yeah. So I, I feel like I'm a student and teacher, like student teacher of life. Yeah. So it's like, I'm going to go learn from this experience. I'm going to come back. I'm going to like mold it like it's Play-Doh. I'm going to mold it. I'm going to integrate it. I'm going to make it my own into my own life. I'm going to absorb it, become it see what I can learn from it to build this tool belt that I have. And then I'm going to share it with everybody else. I'm going to share what I've learned through the, through the very hyperbolized experience of, you know, being an Icelander on top of the ceiling of Africa of a seven summit. And I'm going to, I'm going to share that with people in a way that's digestible and relatable that they can apply to their life. Mm -hmm. And so that's just, that to me is just like who I am and who I'm becoming and who I'm stepping into even more. And it's, um, and it's, it's a lifelong mission and it's, it's, it's just a beautiful, it's a, it's a beautiful part of who I feel like I really am. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that idea of you're the student and the teacher mm -hmm. and applying it to yourself because you can teach yourself through the learnings you have. And of course with other people, yeah. I love, so when you, when you said that about the learning part, 
what immediately came to my head and I wanted to ask you about is the shadow part mm. in terms of you're doing this Ironman, you climb mm-hmm. the mountain, you're doing, you do a lot of things and even in, in the industry of sales, like there's a, yeah. sh- there's a yin and yang, there's like the darkness, like you're mm-hmm. 40 miles, 50 miles, you're in pain and you're pushing. What, like what, what about that? I, I, I just want to dive into mm. that. Like what's your relationship yeah. with that? And then also the kind of the, the, another deeper layer is like also in drive, is there another part of yourself from the shadow self that's like driving you to do some of these things? Mm, Great questions. Yeah. Yeah. You need that. Um, you don't have, there's, there's no sunshine without shadows. Like you Mm -hmm. don't have that without those tough moments. Mm -hmm. You don't have, you know, uh, I'm finishing up my reflection on Kilimanjaro because it was just last month. But, um, you know, summit morning as we're climbing up there, I had a massive breakdown on the mountain. And I, I, had, mean breakdown? I had a breakdown like I was crying. I didn't want to go a step further. I was sitting there. It was like, you know, 3 a.m. or about three hours into our, our into our ascent on summit morning. And I had I got rocked with altitude sickness, throwing up super nauseous feeling like i'm hammered barely able to i can't really stand up straight i'm like in a, in in a, in a lot of pain yeah and um and so like it's those moments that make the summit worth it the summit's not worth it without those moments it's not as beautiful the tears that i cried when when we got to the summit the tears of joy that i cried when we got to the summit were were made that much more beautiful because of those tears of pain that I experienced a few hours earlier. So it's, it's, it's part of that metamorphosis, that process we forget, but growth hurts. Yeah. It's painful process, man. It's every, anybody, you know, everybody talk to any, the things that really transformed them and made them grow. That shit hurts. When you think about it physiologically, anybody, you know, the way that lifts weights, what happens for you to build muscle? What do you need to have happen? The muscle has to tear. Yeah. The muscle fibers literally have to stretch and tear, and then they rebuild stronger, bigger. So it's just it's it's physiology, it's physics. Yeah. It's just what like, growth is painful. Yeah. And and you know the summit day on Kilimanjaro was a great reminder of that too because it's easy to get fixated on like the beauty, the splendor of our planet. It's awesome, these amazing highs, all these things. But it's like that doesn't happen. You forget. And I almost forgot on Kilimanjaro. I was like, yeah, I'm going to Kilimanjaro. We're going to climb it. Go to the summit. It's going to be awesome. It's like, yeah, I asked for, you know, I knew it was going to be a challenge and I knew I was going to grow from it, but I forgot that it's a painful process. Yeah. So I think being okay with that and, and, and welcoming that in a way, it's like, all right, I know I'm going to get to this breaking point, to this, to this edge here. I'm going to get to this edge where I'm going to feel like I don't want to go any further. Or I cannot go any further. And I know that that's the point where the real breakthrough happens. It's the breakthrough point, I call it. It's like the edge of your comfort zone. That's the breakthrough point. It's like you either stop there and turn around, and this is for anything in life, mm-hmm. or you push through it. And one of the things I've been learning through design Ironman training is it's less of pushing through it and like grinding, grinding yeah. down and getting through it. And it's more of like relaxing into it and welcoming it and being like, all right, cool. Like, you know, it sounds easy as we're talking about, but it's like, yeah, I'm having a breakdown right now. I don't feel well, but I'm going to keep going anyway, mm-hmm. because like, I know this is, this is the breaking point and having that faith and reminder and trust in yourself. That it's like, this is the breaking point. I'm here now. It's not going to last forever. That's the important part that we forget. 
is when we're in that pain, we're in the shadow, we feel like this is, uh, I can't do it anymore. It's temporary. That pain is temporary. It's temporary. It's temporary. And what I, what I did on, on Kilimanjaro was pushing the boundary of it because usually you experience it for maybe a couple minutes at times when you're lifting in the weights, a few seconds of that burn, that last set. But, you know, we're talking hours climbing into that. And for the triathlon, you know, for, for a 12-hour event, it's like we're talking hours sitting in that discomfort. So you can't possibly just grit yourself through it, grit your teeth through it. Because you won't, you won't last that way. Yeah. So you have to understand that, hey, this is going to be temporary and I'm going to get through it and come back to the why. Why am I doing this in the first place? Because that will help you remember why you're there. I love that, man. Yeah. I think what you said about relaxing into it mm. is... The cold, right? Like, you know. Dude, it's in, in <laughs> surfing too. Mm. Uh, like when you... And, and why all this is relative for me in breath work. I remember the first time I held my breath for... I didn't think I could hold my breath for like a minute. And then he's like, we're holding our breath for two and a half minutes. And I'm like... Mm. Oh shit, this is happening. Uh, but it's it's not about pushing, it's about letting it happen. Cold, yeah. this, the second you're resisting that cold and it starts getting miserable, just allowing it to happen. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, if we go like high level esoteric, like there's a handful of moments in my life where I've, I feel like I've felt that complete oneness where like you're connected with all the things that I've, you know, I've had this sometimes through physical, sometimes through like plant medicine or psychedelics, but that those moments where you're like, that's where I came from. That's where I'm going. I'm actually, we're all in this together. And for me, it's, it's like, it comes oftentimes unless you're taking some sort of shortcut and not saying that in a bad way with like a plant medicine or whatever, but it comes through like like pushing yourself to that point like you said that that breaking point and it's just passive but like once you get to that point it's about at least mm-hmm. in my experience it's like just letting it happen like yep. i feel like shit and that's okay let's let's let the shit mm-hmm. feel itself. you know mm-hmm. what i mean like feeling mm-hmm. that and i think that's not it's like it's a, this weird balance because it's like when do you push and when do you allow yeah yeah it's a dance man it's yeah. a constant dance it's an ebb and flow it's both because you can't you can't be you can't be, it's, it's a push and pull, but you can't be pushing without also pulling at the same time. And I'll give you an example of that. I was talking to someone recently and they're like, oh, with your triathlon training, like you've got to be so much in the masculine energy. Like what are you doing to balance in the feminine? And I said, that's really interesting you say that because I actually thought of it as the opposite. I thought of it like, I was thinking of it like I get multiple hours a day to myself where I'm running or I'm going for a bike ride or I'm swimming in the pool. There's no distractions besides myself yeah. and I can be with myself and I can be in flow state. I can just lose myself in some, mo- in some moving meditation. To me, that's a very feminine process, right? Yeah. But you can see how it's a very masculine you process. Also. As, yeah. So you can't have one without the other at the same time. And so it's, it's a constant dance and it's just, it's just what you're bringing your perception to. It's what you're tuning your awareness to. So at the same time that you're pushing through that, you're also pulling through that and you're also relaxing into it because your body's taking you through it too. It's like your body's supporting you through those challenges. At the same time that you're being challenged, what's supporting you? Your body, your mind, the people around you, you're being supported. At the same time you feel like you're challenged, you're also being supported. At the same time you feel like you're being supported, you're also being challenged. Yeah. So it's it's all like this, it's it's two sides of the same coin. And the more that I've learned, the more that I'm starting to see to to acknowledge both of those sides, you can see the coin for what it really is. You mm-hmm. can see the truth for what it really is. And that just brings a much more centered, grounded, humble approach, grateful approach. Yeah. To it all. And I think 
everything you're saying, it's sometimes like even me hearing you say this, I'm like, you have a very attuned awareness to things that like, oh, just dance. It's the masculine, right. the feminine. Just put your attention on it. And to embody that, like what, what was coming up for me, I'm like, Josh puts himself in all these experiences that challenge him and he, that also – it's just you put yourself in experiences that you haven't had, which mm-hmm. for me, I'm like, that's like the number one way to grow. Just put yourself yep. in that. But my question is like what what steps – someone wants to – has this big dream or they mm-hmm. want to like sign up for an Ironman. Yeah. They're like, I don't even know where the fuck to start. An yeah. Ironman, that's – I don't even – how long is an Ironman? Or what, what's uh, the distance for it? It's a 2.6 mile swim followed by – a 112 mile bike ride followed by a marathon, which is a 26.2 mile run. So the whole thing will take like you know anywhere from you know 12 to 14 hours for me at least. So, <clears throat> what's the decision making process like? How do you commit? Like, what's that first step to actually doing it? Because I think step, so many people yeah. get scared. First step is going on to the Ironman.com website, hitting register for the event getting them your credit card information and signing up for it. That's the first step. That's the absolute first step. Then from there, you figure it out because you know, okay, cool. I've taken the first step. I'm now in this thing. Now I've got to prepare accordingly. So I'm going to go find a triathlon coach for this particular Ironman. I'm going to go, I'm going to enlist the help of my friends, my roommates to support me. I'm going to enlist the help of my cousin who's going to do this with me, who was training with me. It's a team sport. It's a team sport. It's a team sport. It's a team sport. But I think taking that first step is the thing is like, you got to trust your resolve to figure it out. People, we don't trust ourselves enough. So take that first step. Kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier, but like take that first step and trust that you're going to figure it out. And I always loved taking those steps that are kind of like scary at first and they lock you into something where it's like, yeah, sign up for this Ironman. I'm, if, I, if this was tomorrow, there's no way I could do it. You know, I sign up for this, you know, to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. It's like, I don't know how many get to the top, but like I'm going to figure it out. You know, all these different things. I want to, you know, if I want to, I want to do this experience. I want to go travel somewhere. You know, I want to go backpack around Southeast Asia. I don't know where to start, but I'm going to buy, I'm going to start by buying a plane ticket. That's going to commit me to it. So that commitment is the first step. It's like, just sign up, just commit, just, just do the just thing. Just do it. Just like press the send button, like press the buy now button on the cart, like buy that flight to that place where you haven't been and you wanted to go. Just do the thing. And then trust that you'll figure it out because you will. You're a smart person. We're all smart people. We don't trust ourselves enough. Dude, that to me is like the thing. Yeah. And I, I could say, at least for me, dude. From your like, experience, right? From Ohio State. What was that like? Dude, yeah. Because I remember dropping. Dude, I like freaked out so much. Like I, I, I like canceled my class and I uncanceled it. Like it wasn't an easy thing. And then buying the ticket to Guatemala and then like, oh, how, what, do I need to get it back? Like I've never camped right, before. Right, right. But this is so helpful for me because I think it's a practice. Like that was, I did that four or five years ago, whatever. And there's new things that have happened since, but it's dude, it's a practice because I've even find today, like I've traced back, you know, whether it's like a heartbreak or like something screwing up the route that it keeps coming back to for me is trusting myself. Mm, And I, and sometimes what comes up for me is I'm like people around me, like hype me up. They they know I'm gonna get it done. They trust me more than I trust myself, mm. and that fucking hurts to like mm-hmm. look in the mirror sometimes. And I think hearing you say this, it's it's such a good reminder for me to be like, dude, 
just like commit to it. Yeah. Tell your, cause I'm very like inwardly and outwardly motivated. Yeah. Like tell your friends are doing this, like put the money down, commit to it. Cause I trust that I will figure it out. Exactly. But, but I think where I, what the reason I don't is cause I fear that I won't be able to figure it out. Yes. And that's a fear that I think all of us share. That's a human condition. That's like us being human. And that's what, and that's what leads to making this such a juicy experience. If you knew you could figure it out right off the bat, if you knew that it was going to go fine, if you knew there wasn't some risk of failure, mm-hmm. where would be the where would be the fun in that? Where would be the joy in that? Where would be the where would be the adventure in that? There wouldn't. Yeah. There wouldn't at all. So it's like you take it for what it's worth. But the biggest thing around that, personally for me, that's helped me through that is is having a team, having a team of people. I'm super lucky. I live with. I've got three amazing roommates yeah, that I live with. You guys are a squad. We got a squad. We got a team up in Santa Monica. We all went to college together in Ohio. Decided that we wanted to take control of our lives, moved out west. I came out first, and then everybody else came out after they graduated. And um, and it's amazing because like this game called life is a team sport. It really, really is. And to know that you've got a team of people there that are like egging you on in a way, and that are reminding you even in those times where you where you forget yourself, like no, you got this. This always happens to me. Like shit, I don't know if I can do this. Dude, you got this. Come on, what are you talking yeah. about? Like, you got this. It, it being able to have the people that can like reaffirm and and know like, yo, you got this, and reaffirm through action that they're there for you when you fall and you scratch your shit up to be able to like get you back up and be like, yo, you're good. Let's go back on to the next. Or the ones to be there to celebrate with the high fives at the finish line. Mm-hmm. You know, having that team of people there that's gonna be with you and push you. That's essential because then it's no longer just like you in your head battling this fear, which most people lose nine times out of 10, but you got to stack the odds in your favor. When you got a team of people behind you, you're like, you know what? This little fear in my head, it's not just me versus thing. I got a squad behind me. Yeah. And like, I'm doing this thing. It's, it's not just about me. I've got a team behind me. And that's the biggest thing that I, if I could, if I could attribute any, anywhere where I'm at in my life right now, it's, it's having a team. It's like a team sport. It's having those people that got your back in a very real way. Yeah. You could trust with your life in their hands. Yeah. I would say to anyone I know, you put, you like the people you surround yourself with mm-hmm. is really impressive. And it's like the whole Jim Rohn. You're the average of the five. That's it, man. That's um, it. And it's a reminder, even for me, like I've noticed lately, I've been very conscious of who I'm hanging out with. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not that I don't like the people that I'm not hanging out with, but I'm like, are these, I want to hang out with people who are going on the wave where I want to go. And if you surround yourself with those people, you're all going on that wave anyways. Exactly. So it's being conscious of that. Exactly. And there's no, and you know, there's no, there's no harm in that either because there's something that, um, <laughs> uh, actually Xander was, was telling me and, and I, I might, I might butcher this. So forgive me, but he was saying that there's three types of people. You have three minute people, three hour people and three day people. Your three day people are the people in your life. You can categorize anybody in your life into those one of those three buckets. Three mm-hmm. minute, three hour, three day. The three day people are the people that you would go spend three days with, full on, three full days with with that person. And and just go deep with that person. You've got three three hour people, which are people that you would go sit down for a nice long catch up, a nice three hour, you know, lunch or whatever with, an afternoon with. You would spend a solid chunk of a day with that person. And then you've got the three minute people. Which are people that you'd spend three minutes catching up with, talking real quick, but not more than that. And it's really important to understand where these people are in your life 
and also understand that people move from yeah. different from different segments. Someone that was once a three day person might be three minute person now, and that's that's happened to me in many places in my life, and and that's okay. And some people that were three minute people become three day people. Yeah, and and just being able to 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 have that awareness of like everybody has either a positive or negative effect on your inner life. Understand that, like nobody if nobody has just a neutral effect on you. People mm-hmm. are either pulling you up or they're pulling you down one or the other mm-hmm. and and so just understand that and surround yourself with the people that are going to pull you up yeah and and understand that it's okay when people move from different from three minutes to three hours to three day it happens yeah yeah i remember you telling me about that and yeah. i was like yeah right mind blown <laughs> um i feel like we could talk for like three more hours yeah bro um but before we take it to the final question that i want to ask you mm-hmm. uh, where can people find you yeah, um, you can find me. Um, you can find me doing yoga. You can find me in the ocean. <laughs> you can find me. No. Um, you can find me online, social media, Instagram. I'm I'm using more of as a, as a platform to share some it's of my at, experiences at Joshua Dean Church D E A N. Um, also check out my website www.joshuadeanchurch.com. I've got. Um, another one of my passions is photography. So when I go do these expeditions or travels, I always take my camera with me and, um, and I like to capture this, uh, tell stories through photographs as well. So I've got a collection of, of, of really special photographs to me that I share throughout. And, and then my blog on my website as well, where I, um, that's where I share whenever I go out and do these experiences and I come back, I can just, I, I take about a month to like live it all into practice and then start to reflect on it as I've integrated it. And, and then I share it with people. So that's through my blog and it all kind of comes full force with Instagram and the blog and the photography. So, um, find me there, give me a shout, reach out, <laughs> connect, always love connecting with other high vibe humans. So as someone in the world of email marketing, I'm yeah. very conscious. I am not subscribed to many people, but yeah. yours are like my favorite newsletters to <laughs> get because awesome. they are packed. And, uh, actually my final question, because this will be out so everyone can read it. Cool. But I'd love to hear just like what was one or maybe the biggest takeaway you had from Kilimanjaro? Hmm. You know, we really talked about it, which is that growth is painful. Like I think the biggest, one of the biggest takeaways was on that summit morning. Like I honestly wasn't, I didn't expect, I didn't expect to be challenged as much as I was, quite frankly. I was surprised hearing that actually. I had no, like I clearly haven't climbed any mountains because I was like, oh wow, that's like a real thing. It's it's a 19,340 some feet, right? So it's, it's 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 up there, you know. It's the tallest point in Africa. It's the the tallest freestanding mountain in the world. One of the largest volcanoes in the world, and so it's no joke. The, the altitude is what makes it challenging, and that's what I hit was the altitude. The the climb itself is not very technical, so you're not like roped in or you know climbing up some rugged cliffs. Besides one point, and uh, so it's not it's not very technical, but. Um, the altitude you're going from sea level to over 19,000 feet in five days. And it's a lot on your body when there's half the amount of oxygen in the air on the summit than there's at sea level. So your body has your body, everybody's, everybody reacts differently. Mm -hmm. And something that I learned too, is that we're all climbing our own mountain. We're all there together, coming the same path, but we're all summiting our own mountain, Mm -hmm. overcoming our own challenges, conquering our own fears and self doubts and limiting beliefs and uh and i felt that because like i hit a breaking point at that point in the mountain my little brother my little sister who i was with they were fine yeah they were totally fine and learning to like let go of that judgment of like you know how i'm training for iron man i'm in good shape like how's my little sister who's you know who's who's a who's a junior in college she's fine she's not even blinking an eye she's totally cool and i'm over here crying and throwing (laughs) up like 
what's happening. But remembering like everybody's different. We're all climbing our own mountain. Like yeah. she had her own stuff she was dealing with at that time. Like this was my breaking point. I asked for it. I asked yeah. for it. I asked for growth, man. I said, I want this to be a growth challenge. I want to learn. That's what happens. It's painful sometimes. It's a process. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, man. Growth is painful. It is. It is. So cool. learn to enjoy the pain. <laughs> Embrace it's it, baby. Because it's temporary. That's the thing. Embrace the beast, baby. It's temporary. Yeah. Well, dude, thank you for hanging out. Um, oh, pleasure, my bro. boy. And pleasure, bro. Uh, for real, though, like yeah. I feel super lucky to have you in my corner. You're a three-day person for me. Absolutely. And the cool thing is we don't, like I we said we haven't seen each other in months. We haven't even talked in a bit, but yeah. I feel like we're, like I, we're going, we're on that path. And to have you, someone I can call at four mm. in the morning or about anything, uh, you inspire me to play a bigger game, dude. So I appreciate, I appreciate you, bro. I appreciate you. And and honestly, like the feeling is mutual because it doesn't happen without me feeling the same way. And uh, it's it's pretty funny because our, our we're you know and we keep in touch often, but our life paths are very like I, I view it as like very parallel in a yeah. lot of different ways. Like I I just kind of see this tree, and we're both like just like just these these branches like coming up on this tree, like like and splitting like this, like this beautiful beautiful masterpiece that's happening and it's and it's essential to have that you know to have the people that are feeling the same certain things that understand like that you can relate to a lot of the work that i do in a way that nearly most people can't yep you know and 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 vice versa in some ways so it's um yeah bro it's a pleasure this is what life's about it's having these relationships these connections and these people you can call 4am like you said it's like knowing that i literally will put my life in your hands and like trust you with my life like that's what life's about right there heck yeah dude Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. If you found value from this episode and want to make sure you're notified when new episodes are released, please subscribe to the show Curious with Jake Heilbrunn on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you're tuning in. And if you feel called, please leave a review on iTunes. That would be super appreciated and it allows for others to help find the show. Lastly, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the show and what you found valuable, your takeaways, and what you found interesting. So please let me know on Instagram at Jake Heilbrunn or wherever you feel called to connect. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll see you on the next episode. Stay curious.